Hello, and welcome to another edition of No Lies Paranormal Podcast, where three paranormal investigators sit down and discuss spooky stories from the web, and then discuss them on a podcast. My name is Joe. I'm the lead investigator. My name is Teresa. I am research. <laughs> I'm your mesmer of microphones, your tech wizard, Alex. It's so much easier just saying what your role is. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to another edition of our podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, today, we are going to kind of jump into it because we really don't have any announcements to make. Uh, it's been a weird week for all of us, but yeah, let's just go into the stories of haunted castles. I guess we should go ahead and preface by saying that we put the uh, poll up on the site yes. and we had one of our lovely acquaintances suggest that we talk all about your trip to Seattle where the rest of you chose haunted castles. Which I was fine with. <laughs> yes, yes. So we, um, he is back obviously, his trip went yes. fine. And we are, in fact, talking about Haunted Castles today. Yeah, that we are. So, uh, I believe we all have our stories ready to go. Mm -hmm. And thank you, viewers, so much for the suggestion. We love this one, and maybe we'll post more. Yeah, I wasn't able to actually see any of that because I was on a business trip. So, yeah. Uh, That's all right. But yeah, let's jump right into it if I have no objections to that. No, please. All right, cool. So, the story I chose this week, a um, little fun fact about it, uh, I like putting castles on the background of my work computer and I chose this one just off site because I got a new computer and had to do some things and I chose this castle and not knowing it'd be something I talk about today so as I'm researching stories and everything it popped up and I'm like this has a cool history let me look at it and then I see the picture and I'm like oh it's kind of fate that I decided to talk about this you know I think we all go to like google images and just yeah. look for what would be the best castle yeah. image for right, wallpapers right, right. Yeah. Right. Um, it's fate. Synchronicities. Right. But yes, I will be talking about the Berg Elts Castle. Again, sorry for pronunciation if it's wrong. I'm not German. Uh, but yeah, this magnificent, magnificent built medieval building located in Elsbach Valley in Germany has history surprising as an atmosphere it exudes. Set on a hilltop surrounded by a dense forest, Elts Castle has history dating back over 850 years. The first written mention of the building dates back to 1157, although the structure itself is likely older. The castle was built by the Elts family, one of the most noble and influential clan in the region. This magnificent medieval residence is special because it has always been inhabited by the same family, which is quite rare in the castles of Europe. Elts family, split in three branches over the centuries, has managed, <coughs> excuse me, managed to maintain close ties and coexist peacefully thus preserving the integrity and authenticity of the castle. In total, over 850 years, 33 generations have lived within these walls. Holy crap, that's like yeah, unheard of. That's, yeah, exactly, and that's what makes this castle special. Over the centuries, the castle has been extended and modified to meet the ever-evolving needs of its occupants. It is divided into several parts belonging to the different branches of the Elts family. Each branch has its own residential quarters, staterooms, chapel, richly de decorated with antique furniture, tapestries, and works of art. Even today, Elks Castle remains an impressive example of medieval architecture. With its imposing towers, inner courtyards, fortified walls, and pointed roof, Elks Castle has survived many conflicts and wars, including the Thirty Year, Wars, 30 -year War in the 17th century and the bombings of the Second World War. It has been preserved through the continuous efforts of the Els family and has been open to the public since the mid-19th century. Here's a beautiful yet tragic story attached to Berg's El Berg Els Castle. Uh, this is a story about one of the daughters 
of one of the, the counts and everything. Uh, her name was Angus Elts, was the daughter of the 15th, 15th Count of Elts, and was raised, <coughs> excuse me, I still got that cough, raised with brothers only. The girl wasn't like any other girls. Uh, think Brianna of Tarth. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, being raised with nothing but brothers. I mean, yes. That makes sense. Uh, she liked playing warrior with her brothers. How cute is so, that? So, exactly. She was kind of like a tomboy. Uh, Agnes was promised to the Knight of Bronzeburg, and the two met occasionally to get to know each other. Agnes did not like this dude at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, she thought he was boring and ignored him. Her, her persistent attitude angered the Knight, and during a festival event... He pulled Angus, Angus, Agnes, sorry, onto the dance floor and kissed her. Uh, this pissed her off <laughs> uh, so much that she smacked him in the face. <laughs> nice. Uh, the knight of Bronzeburg was infuriated and fled the castle. The family was afraid he'd be out for revenge, so they doubled the guards just to be sure. Days went by, weeks turned into months, and still nothing happened. The Els family let their guard down, and all the men went out on a three-day hunting trip. Assuming the Knight of Bronzeburg has lost his interest. But that was what the Knight had been waiting for, and he attacked the castle that same night. Damn. The guards at the gate were murdered, and the Knight and his troops entered the castle courtyard, killing anyone who was in their way. Enter Agnes. She saw what was happening, and she didn't hesitate. She took her brother's helmet, breastplate, and battle axe, and threw herself into the fight. And reports were saying she mowed everyone down. You go, girl. Anyone who came up to her, she just laid to waste. Good, you go. Uh, the knight, startled by this unknown fierce knight that had started attacking his group, uh, decided to, hey, this person showed up. He's wearing lace to my, I'm going to take him out. Mm. And shot the knight point blank with a crossbow. Oh, dang. Uh, it penetrated the armor and killed the knight instantly. Once this, the Knight of Bronzeburg got down to see who this was that was cutting down his army, noticed it was Agnes, oh, wow. that he had killed his beloved. Uh, so, yeah, that's the story of Agnes. There's a lot more to it, but, you know, cutting it down first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Story time. Uh, <coughs> but to this day, she can be seen walking around the castle. Oh, wow. Uh, her breastplate, or her armor that she wore, as well as her battle axe, can, it's still in the castle on display. Oh, that's awesome. And the most haunted room in the castle is her room. Aww. Uh, so, yeah, it's all on display there, even where the, arm, the arrow pierced it. It's full-on, like, on display. Uh, and they say Agnes is, I guess you could say, like, joking with the staff there nowadays because they lock the doors, she unlocks them. Uh, <laughs> she turns all the lights on. So she's kind of like a mischievous That's kind of, funny, kind of thing, actually. Uh, which could be, you know, denoted to how she was in real life. Yeah, very of much. Growing much. up with brothers, and that's as we awesome. all know, boys like to Mess play pranks. Things, you know. uh, so yeah, that's one of the things they they do say. They also hear a child's laughter in there, and they they, they haven't figured out who that is yet. I wonder if it's maybe just sort of reminiscent of her as a girl. Uh, possibly, I've never heard of a paranormal spirit like reliving their life and going back into a past well, thing but I mean I think you know I've definitely heard of uh, you know people who did not pass as a young child having a a child spirit that was that person I've heard of things like that I don't know how often it happens though yeah um 
but yeah, the 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 one story that's kind of excuse me that kind of poked out a little bit and I thought was really cool is the castle has had some like people try to break in mm. and were scared out by a nightly ghost. Phenomenal. Uh, so they say that she is still protecting the grounds till this day. I love that. Uh, and this is actually really cool and also kind of weird. Uh, they say that a knight can be seen riding a horse throughout the courtyard that doesn't match Agnes. I wonder if it's him being so incredibly distraught because he killed yep. her. They say that that could be it, that it's looking for forgiveness. Oh, wow. That he did that and is still walking around the courtyard to this day. That's so crazy. Um, that, that's cool, but it's a little bit of a stretch because where he died as to where that happened, it was a way far away. Yeah. I mean... But it, it does make sense, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 <clears throat> um, but yeah, just looking up... This, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing castle. I'll see if I can post a f- picture on the Facebook page. Because it's a beautiful, beautiful castle. Like, the picture, the background on my work computer, I just, I thought it was a fantasy castle at first. That's how cool this castle looks. Awesome. Um, and they've kept very good work on it. That's but awesome. But <clears throat> it is literally, from how I got to notice it was, I, when I do my research, I look up, you know, top haunted things mm-hmm. in the region I'm kind of looking to go with. And this was rated top five haunted. Nice. Uh, and it was like second on the list. Very so, cool. um, yeah, they say it's it's very haunted, but no ill will yeah, towards yeah. anything yet. Yeah. Uh, they haven't found like anything bad or anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't assume that that Agnes as a spirit would be, you know, mean in any way. I mean. Yeah, but it just the story and how it relates to what's still there, I thought was very interesting I think it's it's really awesome that she's like still protecting the oh place. yeah and that's what struck out to me the most was like it, throughout history you don't really hear a lot of they're, they're out there you gotta look for them but you don't really hear a lot of female warriors yeah uh, like Joan of Arc right uh, some right. of those ilk like they're out there but you kind of have like when one speaks out a little bit, like they did. They've done some amazing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one literally defended her home and died yeah. while defending it from a person that tried to invade because he was mad that he, he was just his affection spurned. wasn't. Yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it just it, it, multiple stories I've found upon researching <laughs> castles and just not even for the podcast, just in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find some amazing stories of what some of these medieval people did. Absolutely, and they're. Sadly enough, they're kind of overshadowed mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. some of the the horror stories yeah. of medieval times. But the, the, you got to think, nowadays would not have existed had they not done what they did. This is true. And like, what struck out to me in this one, the castle itself, was that it's never been owned by a different family. And that's so incredibly unheard of. Yeah. That's, it's 100% the opposite of the story that I'm going to tell you about, actually. Especially up until it gets to the modern day. So right. just modern day, anytime, you know, late 1800s, 1900s, 2000s, like, generally those, when a castle falls. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. It's, it's like, taken over they by change us. hands. Yeah. And then the you later that we kill. get yeah. in history, like, nobody cares to carry on. Like Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. but supposedly the inhabitants are still the Elks family. Like, they still live there to That's this day, really even awesome. though the whole castle is open to public. That's uh, so awesome. Yeah, and you can actually, if we ever get to go to Germany, um, you can actually like, say book a tour. Oh, 
four. And I think I read somewhere that you can actually stay within the castle. There's a lot of the castles that you can stay the yeah. night at. Yeah. Uh, I'm down. Some of them are probably more costly than others, but yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, this one, I don't know. They they said that the family is still very prominent in the region, well, and there still counts and all this. Now, granted, it doesn't hold the same way as it did back in the day. Sure, but. Yeah, no, it's just uh, Elk's Castle. Like it, it's an amazing read. So, if you guys want, I can post the websites that we found or I found, and you guys can read it yourself. But yeah, definitely, if you get a chance to go to Germany, definitely look up this castle. It's it's amazing. Heck so. yeah, heck yeah. And that's my story. I love it, Miss Agnes. <laughs> I love Miss Agnes already. Don't know her. She's my hero. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess that comes to me then. Uh, yeah, I think you were going second. Okay, cool. So I have decided to go to a very little known for castles land just north of us called Canada. <laughs> Believe it or not, there are old castles in Canada. Blame Canada. Forest fires. <laughs> Forest fires, yeah. Air quality sucks. And I do like South Park. <laughs> yeah. So I chose to do uh, Casa Loma in Toronto, Canada. Okay. It originally began construction. Um, okay, let me start at the beginning. So the story begins with Sir Henry Pallet. He was a financier, which is basically a guy who handles all the money for big corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also was an officer in the Queen's own rifle regiment. Um, he was born January 6th of 1859. I mean, this man literally had his hands in everything. He was one of the people who helped pioneer bringing hydroelectric energy to Canada. Um, so he also was a huge investor in the Toronto Electric Light Company, the Cobalt Lake Mining Company, which was during the Cobalt Silver Rush in 1903. Uh, he put a huge investment into McIntyre Mines which then went on to boast more than $230 million in dividends, which now in this day is roughly $2.270 billion. Mm, Yeah, that's a lot. So needless to say, this man was absolutely loaded. So he decided that he was going to build Casa Loma. Okay. So him and his wife picked out this this gorgeous track of land, and they actually bought multiple parcels of land that sort of all went together. And they um, they hired very very famous Canadian architect E. J. Lennox, and commissioned the construction to begin in 1911, and it lasted all the way till 1914. And it began with the stables. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole crap ton of property here. Now, the stables were interesting because they were not just stables. So it was stables. It was a huge garage. It was a potting shed. There were um, residences on the top floor of the stables for the stable hands and the groomsmen for the horses. And we are talking dozens of horse stalls that were made of solid mahogany which is even expensive today. And these, the, all the horses had these really neat little like gold leaf name plates on the front of their stalls that are still there to this day. Oh, and wow. We're talking like prize winning thoroughbreds, Hackneys, Clydesdales, Percerons, and he even had two prize chargers that were named 
Prince and the Widow. I would have much rather have been pretty. Prince Pretty. Prince Pretty? <laughs> well, it was Prince yeah. and the Widow. So those two were like an amazing breeding pair that went on to breed. Um, his thoroughbreds actually are descendants of some super ridiculously famous winners of American horse races. Oh, wow. So, like, you've you've heard of his horses line, uh, if you know anything about racing. Anyway. No, I do not. <laughs> right. So, the stalls, like I said, made out of a solid mahogany. The floors were a Spanish tile that literally was made into a herringbone pattern yeah. so that the horse's hooves wouldn't slip. So, like, these horses were in the lap of luxury, yeah. literally. There was there was just, there was so much, so much to this. So, there was the carriage room. Like I said, there were multiple tack rooms. There was a seven-car garage. Like, I don't even know what you need that for. Um, the potting shed and then the hunting lodge, which was a two-story, 4,380-square-foot home that had two servants quarters in the home for caretakers <laughs> yeah um plus all of the stable hands and groomsmen had homes little apartments above the actual horse stable itself <laughs> and this was just the carriage house the hunting lodge was just the carriage house yeah across the way they ended up building actual casaloma which, um, if I remember reading correctly, was like, it was ridiculous. We're looking at, what did it say here? 67, no, I'm sorry, 64,700 square foot. Seven stories tall. Massive. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the stables were obviously where, where he spent the vast majority of his time. Yeah. Obviously, if he loved horses. He absolutely loved his horses. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, long, long story short, this poor guy ends up only living at the property um, until 1923, despite the fact that it was finished being constructed. The, the stables were finished in 1914. The house was finished in uh, 1917. Okay. So, he, from 1917 to 1923, him and his wife Mary lived in the house. And then, some brilliant asshole decided to wage war on rich people. The aristocracy in, in Canadian government, specifically the Commission of Toronto. Yeah. So he decided with war, you know, we were we were right in the middle of getting started in World War One at that point. They decided to basically stick it to the rich people and make the rich people pay for everything. So they raised the taxes on his property from $600 a year, which in that time was insane, to over $1,000 a month. So... <laughs> They, they drove this poor man straight into bankruptcy. Yeah. And so him and his wife, finally, uh, they were forced to, to leave. Yeah. Um, about a year later, because of the unpaid taxes, 
uh, the city of Toronto, the council in Toronto, took the property over and it became property of the city. Yeah. So that super, super sucks. They pretty immediately just sort of let it sit there and did nothing with it and nobody seemed to give a shit. And then one lady decided that she was going to do a radio broadcast all about the castle. And she ended up drawing so much love from all the people around that she actually saved it from being demolished. Now they were just going to bowl the shit over. They didn't care. And so after she did that, it ended up going to the Kiwanis Club of Toronto, which changed their name to the Casa Loma Kiwanis. Um, <laughs> so they, and they, still to this day, actually, they own the building. Oh. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's tours in and out of there. You can go seven days a week. They don't, they don't give a shit. You can take private tours. You can take group tours. You can go all throughout the house, all throughout the gardens. Uh, beautiful stuff. So, some of the members, obviously we're going to get into the ghosty portion here. There was a story about a little boy who was with his family, and they were walking in the gardens, and they were having like some big shadoo uh, banquet thing going on. Well, the boy just happened to glance up to one of the windows, you know, standing in the garden, looked up at like the third floor. Yeah. And he sees what he described as a grumpy man with his arms crossed and sort of a scowl on his face. And it startled him so much that he like started crying. And, and one, of the, one of the ladies uh, who was helping you know, hold the banquet, she went to him and was like, you know, everything's, everything's okay. Nobody's trying to hurt you. What's going on? And she's like, there's this man up there, and he was scowling at me like he is mad. Why is this man so mad? So the lady uh, shows him a picture of, um, of Mr. Pellet, and come to find out it, it was him. The boy positively identified him. And so, I mean, the idea is that, you know, this man, he totally, he totally built this place from the ground up, quite literally. He poured right. his heart and his soul and every dollar he had into this place. There was a home for him and his wife that they were supposed to stay in till they died. And then they got kicked out by greedy bullshit. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's a little angry. <laughs> and, you know, especially when, you know, his whole house is being invaded by the public and all kinds right. of crazy stuff. Nah. So, yes, un- unfortunately... Uh, Henry's Henry's said to still wander the place. Uh, His wife, Mary, is also said to wander the building and specifically the gardens, which were like her favorite place Mm. ever. Yeah. They see her very often and even try to like follow her around. But then, you know, she'll like go around the corner of the Rose Garden or something and just disappear. Um, There is a man in the stables who they call him Mr. Happy. (laughs) But he's actually like super, super grumpy, and he like pulls uh, people's hair and pushes people and play like, on words. yeah, just just basically acts like a total butthead. Yeah, uh, they actually don't have any idea who he is. He might have been they. There's speculation that he was like the head stable stable guy. Yeah, um, who just stuck around because he felt like it. Um, they've even heard children laughing and playing in the inside courtyard, but hmm. there were never any children in the castle. Um, Mr. Mr. Pella and his wife, they had kids, but like they gave 
their summer house to their son when they moved into the hunting lodge where the stables were originally built and then, you know, moved into Casa Loma once it was built. No. So they're, they didn't have their children. They were, they were already grown. Their children were already grown by the time they moved into this place. So, like, there were not children inhabiting the castle. Hmm. So, yeah, they have absolutely no idea where that came from. Um, some interesting tidbit facts about the place is that, um, so it was pretty much directly after he had lost the place, and then it was sitting vacant, and then the Kiwanis Club took it over. The government decided that they were going to use the place for um, tracking anti-submarine technology during the First World War. Okay. So they put it in the stables and just put up a li literally just a sign on the stable door saying, pardon the inconvenience, it's under construction. <laughs> so while the public is touring the grounds and ooing and aahing over the house and the gardens, no. there's some top secret government agency pulling some shit in the stables. Nice. And like, nobody was none the wiser. Even the council of the city of Toronto had absolutely no idea until almost a decade after it was like dismantled. Yeah, like nobody knew. Huh. It's just this crazy, crazy shit. Kudos to that dude. Right. <laughs> there is also um, right the sightings of a white lady, of course, because of course. I think that they're literally everywhere. Uh, but it is believed that she um, she typically appears on the second floor. She has also been seen in the basement. But they believe that she is a maid that had worked in the house in the early 1900s, which was uh, also right about the time that roughly about 60,000 people in Toronto died of influenza. No. Eww. So, yeah. Some of that could be happening there as well. No. There's just, just all kinds of crazy. She's also been seen in places by the guests, like cleaning the cafeteria. Like, her ghost, like, still wanders around and cleans and tidies things up. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. <laughs> like, stop being a maid. <laughs> yeah, like, you can, you can stop that now. But yeah, apparently she doesn't feel like it. There is an interesting story. A paranormal team who had, um, they weren't necessarily a paranormal team. It was the people who, who run the castle decided that they were going to set up a camera in Mary's room, the, no. the original lady of the house. So it was one of like the, the older cameras that, you know, you put an actual tape in it and the camera doesn't run unless the tape's in there, et cetera, et cetera. So they set it up in a room and they went to just let it run overnight and just see what they would catch. Well, they go in the next morning to check on it. Yeah, the cassette thing is open. The tape is gone. Nobody was in that space. The castle was on complete lockdown all night. Huh. And to this day, that tape is still missing. Huh. Yeah. Just and that was by the time that the, the government thing was Yeah, this is gone. by the time everything worked out to where it was just sort of okay. a, sort of a, I don't know, tourist attraction, I guess you'd say. Okay. Yeah. So That's was, weird. Yeah, the government thing, and it, that was all gone. This was actually just like a decade ago. Yeah. The, yeah, tape is absolutely gone. Yeah, that's weird because even if it was back in the, that day and age, right. they didn't have really tape recorders back exactly. then. Exactly. So how would they know to take it out? Exactly. So that, that would denote to me that a human did it, but still what, the, the complete exactly lockdown. Right. Yeah. What's really interesting about it, though, is that uh, Miss Mary Pellet was actually known to be an, an incredibly sort of 
reserved and secretive woman. She did not like oh. people knowing what was going on in the home. Okay. That was that was their business. Uh, so so they're they're pretty convinced that she's the one who said no, you're not recording my room, and just did something with the tape. Could have been. Although if you ever find that tape, Lord dear God, what's God on it? God only knows what's on it, right? <laughs> That's some interesting shit. As a paranormal investigator, I can tell you that I've had plenty of tapes come up missing. It's yeah. so true, so true. <laughs> or files when you go back to re-listen, just be gone. Gone. Yep. <laughs> I've had it happen so many. We actually just had that happen mm-hmm. recently. Some some crazy stuff. But yeah, so I mean, I I could honest to goodness with this place, I could talk for hours and hours about the history, and it is it is so fabulous. And the home is so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but paranormal-wise, um, there is is just no shortage of spirits. And they say the biggest thing is that you take a tape recorder in there, you are absolutely damn near guaranteed to get EVPs. Oh, wow. um, one of one of the guys uh, just simply said, uh, "Let me see if I can quote him here." Uh, he said, "There's it's always the same tone of voice." Uh, that's what's known as an intelligent haunting, etc., etc. And he says, uh, we've, we haven't been very successful with photographs or video, but we've had success with voice recordings. Casaloma has given up her voice. The one thing that she's done is let us hear her. Okay. So, yeah, they pretty much guarantee you, you're going to get EVPs. Almost like you didn't listen to me in life. I'm going to haunt you now. Exactly. <laughs> So, yep, if you ever get an opportunity to get to Toronto from where we are in Ohio, it's only like a five-hour drive. Yeah. I would very highly recommend you take a tour because even if you don't care about the paranormal portion of it, it is stunningly beautiful. All right, so. Awesome sauce. So what's your story? Uh, so I am actually going to, I mean, basically what you would consider the country of castles, uh, the Czech Republic, which is actually home to over 2,000 castles. What's funny is that people don't really, like, when you say, like, the very first thing that come to mind is, like, Ireland or Scotland. Mm -hmm. Most people think England, because that's what made it popular, but... Castles. Yeah, not the thing, though. Castles. So, in specific, uh, I am going to Huska Castle. Uh, which is in a region called Bohemia. It's about an hour north of Prague. Not to be mistaken with the Rhapsody version. Bohemia, not Bohemia. Just saying. Maybe we're saying that wrong. I don't know. I like how you realize that when you said it. (laughs) Right? Well, you know. Um, So this castle has a story, and it's it's a fucking weird one. It's, It's pretty out there. Um, so, the castle legends predate its construction. The legends start around uh, the 9th century. Um, for all you non-history people, uh, the 9th century is actually the 800s, not the mm-hmm. 900s. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's like back a year. Yeah, 100 years. So yeah. <laughs> um, when the area was inhabited by uh, Celtic and Slavic tribes. Mm, okay. Um, so, yeah. All right. Um, so, what had happened is, uh, this tends to be an area that most of the villagers would stay away from, and they would especially stay away from at night. Um, there is a crack slash fissure in a limestone cliff, uh, that 
legend has it back then with those villagers that basically demons would crawl out of at night. Huh. <laughs> Portal to hell. Um, so the original first structure that they believe they found remnants of uh, was a wooden structure that was built as a fort back in the 9th century. Yeah. Um, and they basically built it over top of this hole to keep people away from it. <laughs> That's really neat. Um, so the castle that resides there now, Huska Castle, was originally built in... It's between 1253 and 1278. As you can imagine, building a castle probably takes a super effing long time. Oh, yeah. Well, they probably didn't really have super accurate records either, so... Um, so... The story goes, the castle itself was actually, if you look at it really closely, uh, it's got some super peculiar features. Um, many of the castle's windows are actually fake. Uh, they are sturdy walls that are behind plate glass windows. Hmm. So, um, there's that. Um, additionally, uh, so what's weird about this castle is it lacks any fortification on the outside. Uh, it is not connected to any trade routes whatsoever. Uh, there's really no water resources around it whatsoever. It just sits atop this bed of uh, limestone cliff. Um, Which, you know, in the paranormal world speaks volumes. Yeah. So apparently this, this legend that started in the 9th century rolled all the way up to um, when the reign of Ottokar II... Uh, happened in like the twelve, the mid twelve hundreds, and he decided that a wooden fort wasn't good enough. Tore it down and built this stone fort castle around it. Um, he was also uh, one of the legends is that he offered any one of the people in the surrounding villages that would con- that was condemned to death a full pardon if they would be lowered by rope down into the pit to tell them what was there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you laugh but this is where the story gets weird legend has it weird. one person took him up on that yeah. uh, and after about two minutes there was blood curdling screams on the other end of the rope and by the time they got him oh, up um, his hair was white and it looked as if he aged 20 years uh, he would not talk about what he saw he was actually committed to an insane asylum and died less than two years later Okay, that's weird, because there's only one other time I've ever heard that happening. Yeah, this man spent, like, maybe... Minutes, tops. And the only reason it was minutes minutes. is because it took them longer to realize what was going on and pull them up. I believe believe what I read, it said he was was only down, like, 250 feet. So the tug wasn't strong enough. I have no idea, and, you know... But, yeah, literally, they pulled him out of the hole, and he was just stark raving mad. Hmm. Um... So, yeah, so nowadays, uh, well, and actually this goes back into after, so after that happened, uh, they had decided to board up the hole. Yeah. Right. Well, not board up the hole because wood wouldn't do it, so they literally, they boarded up the hole and then they put stone slabs yeah. over the top of the hole, uh, and they actually built a chapel that was dedicated to the archangel Michael over to- top. <laughs> To stop right. this shit from coming out? The chapel itself has some weird aspects to it, though. Uh, so, the main depiction is of Michael fighting a dragon. Right. Um, 
but there are a lot of demonic references in the murals inside this chapel that's dedicated to this angel. So that got real weird. Uh, there's actually one of the depictions is a satyr. Uh, yes, the the half yeah. horse, like half centaur type yeah. thing. Um, and she is firing her bow left-handed, which back in that day was a depiction of demonic influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like I said, it gets real friggin' weird. Um, so, to move forward, um, in the 17th century, a uh, Swedish mercenary lo- uh, leader and a black magician, a warlock, if you will, self-proclaimed, a uh, practicing occultist, named Aranto occupied the castle uh, and conducted a whole bunch of weird, like, witchcrafty stuff. Uh, and apparently the local villagers uh, were so terrified of this person that they assassinated him. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. <laughs> they legit just broke in one night and assassinated this guy. Um, and the reason that he was actually given this castle is because he was an occultist. So they figured that he could, he could yeah. keep things... At bay. At bay. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so the next story comes up to, in 1836, uh, there was a poet named Karel Hynak Maka. Uh, Never heard of him? Who, during his stay, had weird, disturbing dreams about, um, that were jotted down in a notebook, that resembled modern-day Prague. Hmm. So, like, a weird time warpy type thing. He had, like, future revelations about... Reminiscences or something. <laughs> so, the fun part is, what we'll go ahead and do is we'll skip a couple of years again. Uh, we're going to move up to the 1940s. Uh, so, in the 1940s, uh, the Nazis overtook the castle in their occupation of Czechoslovakia, and Heinrich Himmler... Hmm. Is one who stayed and carried out experiments in this castle. Well, if anybody's going to do it, it'd be him. Right. Um, <laughs> this supposedly was the castle where they were trying to create a superhuman race. Like Frankenstein's um, monster. People yeah. in the surrounding villages would claim that they heard screams and whatnot coming from the castle during yeah. this occupation. Well, I mean, yep. you heard some of the horrible things he did to people. Yeah. Um, since then. Uh, they did find a... The only thing that they found from the Nazi stay at the castle was they did find uh, 13,000 pages worth of manuscripts uh, that were all tied back to Himmler, uh, who, as we all know, was obsessed with the occult. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was huh. interesting. I mean, um, what's really funny about that is I wonder if it has any correlation with the fact that the one dude was lowered down in... To that pit and literally went crazy and got scared white and and <laughs> Himmler I don't think that had anything uh, to no, do with he it. was already no. crazy before that's that what happened. I'm saying yeah. though is this dude like that that definitely I think lends some some reason and credibility to his it, it literally could be batshit insanity it literally yeah. could be nothing more than the fact that as paranormal investigators, we look for certain things like the limestone, like the yeah. sandstone, like uh, <laughs> water is a big part of it. But weirdly, yeah. this place isn't. So apparently, there are like surrounding swamps and like 
forests, mostly forests, but there are some swamps around. But there is no source of like drinkable water. Right, uh, and that's weird because you typically don't build a castle. The castle itself, when it was built, was not built to house anybody or have any main function other than apparently keeping this shit. Like they, they can't, they could not find any history of any function outside of the legend. That, yeah, huh. um, really weird. Now, as far as nowadays goes, and what you would consider just regular ghost stories, I mean, you can consider them ghost stories, but it, it all kind of ties itself together. Uh, so, people that have stayed there recently uh, say that the courtyard is haunted by a headless ghost that actually has blood gushing out of his. Well, that probably has something to do with hell. Uh, there are many uh, oh. shadow people that are found at yeah. this place. Uh, and even cases of poltergeist activity. Uh, that said, probably the idea of demonic artwork and the chapel that's surrounding this hole yeah. doesn't really put a person's mind at ease. There's a lot of times... Probably adds to it. Yeah. There's a lot of times that we all know that our mind gets away from us a little yeah. bit. And then we get right back into the topic that we continue to talk about, mind over matter. And then, I, so... Yeah. Finally, literally, one of the latest reports is... Um, not only will they hear like clawing at the bottom of this stone fissure. Yeah. Oh fuck that. Well, the plate that's over it. Like yeah. so you can no longer even access the hole. Okay. Like the hole is covered, period. Um the guy that he was the the last person that purchased it and the guy that owns it currently uh was the owner of Skoda Motors, which is I think okay. it's like a car company over there. Yeah. Um but yeah. To this day, the stone slab is still over it. They do hear clawing at that. And there was a group of like four people in there that were staying the night at the castle. And they literally said they heard a chorus of screams coming from below that plate. Absolutely um, not. I'm out. Um, oh boy. And literally, so today, like this place is open for business. Like you can go tour the castle. Uh, apparently, from the stories that I've read, you could stay the night in the castle. And ghost stories. Do ghost, I am all in for ghost stories. Let's talk about the undead. Great. You get me into a place with some weird-ass demonic coming out of the ground possessed bullshit. No, I'm, I'm out. Sorry. Listen, the she speaks the truth. We've seen it. Something happened on investigation. She She's not a fast runner, but she was an Olympics in that speed moment. runner at that time. <laughs> she's got two speeds. Jog and warp. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to leave you, I swear. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, amazingly, that's the story of Ahuska Castle. And that's there, insanity. Um, it can be found on... I guess there's a couple of paranormal shows that have gone there. <laughs> I'm not... So, I'm not familiar with them, but like I don't really memorize episodes until right, I go to look up something sure. or until I go to go somewhere. Yeah. So, but I couldn't tell you where. if you guys know the episodes, please comment it on the Facebook page so that we can easily find them and go watch them. I, I can them. tell you that Josh Gates went there. Uh, oh, he, did, like, he did like a short video on it. It's like 12 minutes long. You can find it on YouTube. Josh Gates talking about the Huska Castle. Oh, I love Josh I think Gates. I did see that one. I might have. But it's been a point. while ago. Josh Gates has been around for a while. I just don't remember all the Josh Gates episodes I've seen. <laughs> right. I love the guy, honestly. I love what he does. I love what he stands for. I love his passion. Yeah. I, yeah. But no, that, that's really weird. Like, the whole turned his hair white. There's only one other time I've heard of that happening. And so, I also... It's not on the demonic side. So. I, I also heard a story like that. What's yours? What, what was your story? Uh, it's, it's mostly in the Bible where Moses saw the hind... Parts of God and turned his hair white. So, oh. yeah. 
So my dad told me a story when I was younger of a house And that, also aged him years. Oh, yeah. right. Um, there was a house in Wadsworth that had, it's not there anymore, it doesn't stand, so don't bother looking for it. But if you were to go down the road past uh, where the hospital is, not, not Leatherman Road, but the old road that went down by the yeah, old entrance yeah. of the hospital, down there, before it was developed up, it was a dead-end road. We're talking 60 years ago. And there was a house that stood down there that people said was haunted. And they said that there was a demon in the house and somebody had murdered someone else. I think it was a husband had murdered his wife in the house and he went to jail and all kinds of crazy shit. And the kids in the neighborhood would, would constantly be daring each other, hey, go in there, go in there, go in there. Mm-hmm. You know, like kids do. And apparently one boy who was about 11 or 12 years old actually went into the house. He was in there for about 15 minutes before there was a blood-curdling scream. Uh, he staggered out of the front door and collapsed, ended up in the hospital from dehydration, exhaustion, and numerous other issues, even though he was literally in this house for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And all of his hair had turned stark white. He drank some whiskey. Right? <laughs> right. Some uh, people it puts hair in your chest, other people it turns your hair white. Right. But my dad knew this kid, so like, this is a true story. Hmm. Which is hilarious, considering my dad doesn't believe in the paranormal. Yeah, so... But he tells some of the best fucking stories. Well, okay. So to me, it could just be a story. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Daddy, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot confirm nor deny. I, yeah. Right. But no, I, I think there's a, a, a common theme with all of these things. Like castles, they, they have an interesting history. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, people go batshit crazy with them. Where like it's, it's like they see a big structure and a stone structure that looks cool. And they're like, I want that. And for some reason, just start weird wars over it. And, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the weird thing is, and the, the reason that all of these, especially, so like when, the reason that I didn't mind it, like when the voting came out, that it didn't end till yes, like, look at any castle. You can find a story about oh, any yeah. castle. Right. Oh, God, yes. But what lends credence to that is most of these castles, especially the ones we were looked, we looked up, like, they're like from the 1200s. Like they're yeah. they're yeah. all these structures are a thousand years old. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. very old. That well, like even mine, it dated back to 1157 and went back further than that. Yeah. That was just the first recorded one. Yeah. So, and as so, we all know through history, they didn't really keep good records. True. So <laughs> with all of that, we are we are pushing the 50 minute mark. So next week the episode is my choice. And I wanted to discuss, and I'm just going to throw this at you and let you guys toss ideas back at me. I want to talk about um, folklore as it pertains to things that may or may not have ever existed. We have done stories about fairies. Yeah. I want one of you to convince me that fairies actually exist, or at least used to. I personally am going to cover dragons. I am going to convince you next week that dragons existed. Okay, so Komodo. <laughs> I would, I would I like. To, <laughs> no, you know what? I like where you're going with it. I, I like that, and I feel like, believe it or not, I feel like like so the Hoosted Castle for me made this weird loop for yeah. like most of the like. You covered like Nazi Germany and their yeah, yeah, yeah. infatuation yeah, with yeah. the occult yeah. in our occult episode, uh, and your idea of folklore, like 
these people supposedly quote unquote saw demons right. coming out of yeah. a pit. Yeah. Um, I'm super into that idea. No, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not. You get. You don't, I'm not gonna like assign a specific thing or nothing. But I, I personally really, really want to do dragons. Mm-hmm. I have heard a lot of really interesting tales. Done a lot of interesting research. And even even the man, the myth, the legend, Forrest Galante himself, who is super awesome. I thought you were going to say Gump. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, believes, wholeheartedly and truly believes that it is possible that even without a fossil record, dragons did in fact at one point exist. Could have existed, yeah. is his words. Well, he says could, but I'm yeah. going to convince you that it's real. Alright, right. that's fair to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I kind of have one in mind I, I know because it'll drive Teresa nuts. <laughs> it's cool. It's um, cool. I would good. say anything, you know, cryptid, folklore, like <laughs> legends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cryptid, folklore. Any of that. Convince me Bigfoot. Legends. Real. Convince me <laughs> aliens. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care what you do. I just want you to take something folklore-ish and convince me that it is real. Why people believed in it and why maybe to this day they still should. Yeah. I am down. I'm down. I think that goes into a very amazing discussion at the end of next week's episode. So. Oh, yeah. Agreed, oh, yeah. because then we can cover the one topic that we all have been dancing around for months. Yeah. Which will be the following <laughs> episode after we talk about folklore. And we'll do a big one. A right. big one. Cool. Yeah, episode. so the whole episode will just be about that. I'll yeah. post all the pictures. I'll post all the EVPs. All right. We'll go crazy with it. Alright, sounds good to me. Sounds like it happened in time. Either way, guys, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode on castles. Um, I don't know, it's up to you guys, but after a few weeks, I think we can revisit castles again later, oh, like yeah. a few oh, months or whatnot. Yeah, down the road, absolutely. Or, you know, if there's one particular thing that, you know, you just had a curiosity about, but you don't really want to feel like, you know, sitting around doing hours and hours of research, please post it for me. I'll do the research yeah. for you. I'll tell you the story. I'm cool with it. Yeah, so we even do research, not research. But, that too. Uh, <laughs> that too. Also, I want to do a shout out to all the people that from the business trip I was on in Seattle that added the podcast and all that. Thank you guys very much. As always, we appreciate all you listeners out there. Thank you guys very much for making our dream become a reality. And we out. Yeah. Stay tuned. More to come. Oh, wait. Last thing. We forgot to mention it this time at the end of the episode. Our contact info. <laughs> Facebook. No Lights Paranormal on Facebook.com. No Lights Para on Twitter or No Lights Paranormal.podbean.com. Share it with every single human being you know. No Lights Paranormal at gmail.com. I'm sh- there will be more in the future. Suggestions, critiques, send them all. Other we love than that, you. Peace out. We love you guys. Later, homies.